All right, ladies and gentlemen, taking a quick breather after that Motocross the Nations fundraiser, and we are back with what we call the AMX Superstores Primex Radio Show. We do this at lunchtime, and uh, every lunchtime we catch up with different riders, different teams, and industry figures. We talk about the racing that's going on today and uh, everything else. But I got a bit of a special guest here to start things off. Now, um, the the media, the pits are a buzz that we were going to see a crossover from uh, the Australian Superbike Championship with the actual championship leader, Troy Herfoss. Um, I'm joined with Troy right now. Troy, great to see you here. Unfortunately, we're not riding, so uh, let's start there and give everyone a rundown of what happened. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be out of the track. Um, wish I could be part of it. Yeah, I've, I'm 36 years old now, and I've uh, spent my whole road race career watching motocross, dreaming of being out there to see what it's like and experience for myself. But, uh, yeah, unluckily for me, I crashed two weeks ago in preparation for the event and um yeah had a few injuries so um yeah i'm gonna have to sit it out and get prepared for the final few rounds of the australian superbike championship now luckily this is somewhat coming a gap in the asbk calendar so the injury you've sustained um you're going to be back on the bike in time and everything's going to be okay for, for the main job which is winning the asbk title yeah it's going to be okay it ended up being a reasonably serious crash eight ribs collarbone bruising on the heart collapsed lung um, yeah, it, it got worse and worse as the few days went on after the accident. But, um, yeah, the reason I was doing it is because I had such a big break. So it wasn't like I was taking a massive risk as far as that goes. Obviously, motocross is a very high-risk activity, and I found that out the hard way. Um, but we always knew it was going to be high-risk, and um, it's such a good training tool for me on the superbike that um, to sort of extend myself and try and push that bit extra out of me to race with these guys was really helping me on the superbike. So no real regrets. And... Um, but after watching Superpile out there, I'm probably not that disappointed I'm not out there. Then 450s throw a roost a long way, and a road race is not used to that stuff. Yeah, look, um, the Thoramex 1 class, especially at the pointy end of the championship right now, is, um, is very competitive. And it would have been great to see you mix it up, man. I know like it's very rare that we see someone transfer from road to to race motocross, or you know, Supercross is probably a bit of a stretch. But... It is done as far as a crossover training method, and it's quite well known. But for someone to actually step up and race at a pro level, whether it's domestic or internationally, we don't see that very often. So what is your background with moto? Obviously, you have a certain level of comfortability to, to be able to consider it. Yeah, I grew up riding dirt bikes. I raced supermoto professionally for four or five years in my early days out of, out of uh, juniors. And um, so I was racing for factory KTM at the time, and... Uh, living in America and I was training on a weekly basis for four years uh, with all the best motocross riders in the world. That was a long time ago now, but uh, it's always been a dream. And so, um, yeah, no racing experience, but uh, a lot of riding over the years and I've competed in a lot of different disciplines and just wanted to tick this one off, not because I think I can be a motocross rider, just because um, I like to do things at the highest level and, and I think the best athletes in the country and the world are good because they're happy to step outside their comfort zone and that's what I'm doing. And uh, I think that's why I'm at the top of my sport. I would agree. And obviously, it's been a road back for you from the, from the big injuries that you sustained. Um, was that 2022 or was it 2021? So obviously, in comparison to the injuries you sustained a couple of years ago, this, I hate to say mild, but obviously you've been there and you're coming back from it. But um, man, you're putting yourself through the ringer and you are really challenging yourself. It's great to see. Now, I want to change gears a little bit. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see you out here, but... What's your thoughts so far on what you've seen in, in, in the AMX Superstores Pro AMX um, top 10 shootout? And uh, really, what are your thoughts on who's going to take this MX1 championship? Yeah, look, all these guys are literally warriors. I think, I think there's the guys in the front row on the football teams, and then there's motocross riders. Like, they're just so tough. So all them top guys are fast. 
like I, I really liked, like I, I thought Aaron Tanney looked really good in Super Bowl. Um, everyone so fast. He just looked like he was sort of a little bit more comfortable. That's my personal opinion. Um, but I'm a Honda man through and through. So, and um, I was happy to see beaten on pole position. And um, yeah, like they're all so good. And and these guys are athletes. They step up and they learn so quickly. So. Whatever the fastest guys are doing, the next guy is going to pick up really soon. So if we can see a Honda up, up on the top step, I'll be really happy. I'm a fan of Kyle Webster too, so um, I know the Sands going to see him next weekend. But, yeah, let's get a Honda up there for a Honda man like me. Now, again, something that perhaps would be a good thing to talk to you with the crossover side of things. I feel that as motocross and, and especially 450s in MX1 have evolved, bike setup, testing, it's really become... It was always a part of the sport, but it's become critical at this point. And you see the riders in qualifying, you know, before they even have the green flag go up, they're in. Dean Ferris is making suspension changes. Beaton's in making suspension changes. With these fuel injection and the way this sort of linear power is developing in the 450s now, um, I feel like it's come a long way and, and set up is key as far as now these guys performing on, on the day to actually win and be competitive. How do you feel, you know, you've grown up riding bikes and you have road and off-road, where you know the, the the testing and the bike technology is out in motocross, I think we're in a real transition period at the moment. I think worldwide you're seeing data on motocross bikes more, more, more and more. Uh, that's pretty common on a superbike, and and uh, we've been through that transition process in the last ten years. And um, there's so much benefit to be had with engine brake and traction and and power delivery. And with these fuel injected bikes, I think there's there's a huge um, step to be made with like technicians and and um, mechanics and engine builders and electronics guys, that's where the sport's going to grow. I think the riders are all so professional and, and they're working so hard in the week, but there's going to be a lot of time made up over these next few years with electronics and motocross bikes because it's, um, yeah, it's sort of all, all lifting off at the moment. On, on the super bike, we're seeing aerodynamics coming in and, um, yeah, I think electronics is where the bikes are going to go a lot faster on the track, make the bikes easier to ride. Some of us older guys and guys older than me don't like the sound of it, but... Unfortunately, it's the way the racing's going, and um, these bikes probably aren't as raw as they used to be, but you've still got to be damn fit and damn fast to ride them. That's a question for you. We'll wrap this up in a minute. I appreciate you giving us some of your time, Troy, but we're seeing Todd Waters, Dean Ferris, some of the elder statesmen in, in Primates, Kirk Gibbs, mid-30s, around that early 30, mid-30s, which, which 10 years ago was ancient as far as pro motocross went. Um, you said yourself, 35, 36. How is that time gap in ASBK side of things with superbikes, are riders going longer now into the the senior side of the sport? Yeah, I think I think the last few years there's been they've people have realised the value in experience and that, and luckily for guys like myself, Dean, Todd, um, that's keeping us in the sport. But you know, I, I can only speak for myself, but I imagine Dean and Todd, they're at a stage of their career where they're really putting themselves out there out of their comfort zone. I know they're both sort of running their own teams essentially and. Um, putting themselves out there, which is the only way to stay at the top of your game as you get older. So, um, yeah, these young guys are so fast. I think, I don't know, training and, and bike setups, and it's so accessible. To, you can see a pro rider every day of the week on on YouTube or, you know, social media platforms. So these young guys step into the senior ranks and they're already very experienced. So, yeah, I think for us older guys, it's about putting yourself out of your comfort zone to stay at the highest level. Well, I appreciate the time, Troy. Final question, is, is this scared you off for good or are we going to see another run at Pro-MX for you, for you in the next year or two maybe? Look, my bike's at home prepared, ready to ride as soon as I'm good. I, it hasn't, unfortunately, I don't regret at all what's happened. Um, yeah, the reason I'm at the top of my game on the Superbike is because of the, of the way I'm tra- training and, and uh, yeah, I love motocross and if, if Honda are happy for me to have a go at it before my time's up, I'm, I'm definitely going to be lining up at some stage.
All right, mate, well, hey, heal up. Thanks for your time on the podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll see you hopefully around soon and get that number one in ASBK. Thank you. All right, we're going to move it over now. We've got um, Talia O'Hare coming in from Western Australia and uh, fresh off the podium in that second moto of the Easy Lift MXW class. If you talk into that, and I'll hand you this. Okay. Okay. Um, Talia, thanks for joining us. Awesome second moto, looks like. That's the first time I've seen you in 2023 ride, like perhaps how I saw you before you went to Europe. And, and I remember watching you at Coolum or whatever year that was before you went to MXGP. That sort of started to come back. Yeah, I uh, felt like I real, rode good in that second one. Kind of feel like I let that opportunity slip of the race win. Um, but, you know, we were consistent today. And, yeah, as you say, I'm feeling better on the bike. We've had a little bit more setup going on. And I was just really confident today. And, no, it worked out well. So where did that land you overall with the third in Moto2? So I went 3-3 for second overall today because, obviously, yeah, Charlie went down that second one. Um, and me and Taylor... Um, and then Emma was third overall, so yeah, that was still good. Uh, good overall, some points. So we're only six out of the out of third place in the championship, which is good starting with a DNF at the start of the year. So no, nah, I'm stoked. So three three for second overall. Wow, that is great. And obviously heading into where you're comfortable in the sand, um, that's got to be a great confidence boost. Where where do you see things heading next weekend? Um, another podium, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. I feel confident in the sand coming from WA. Um, I've rode Coolum before. Like, I never rode this track. So today was the first time. So I kind of know what it feels like. And, yeah, I mean, we'll go for the top step. I've got some tape on the forearm there. What's going on? Are you carrying an injury or is that just a little bit of, a little bit of strapping? No, nah, I've got a couple of plates in there which have been flaring up. So I'm just kind of supporting it a bit. But, no, nah, she'll be right. <laughs> I love that. We just spoke with Troy Herfoss. who just listed his run of injuries trying to get ready for Primex and... Nothing major. I just have a few plates in my forearm that are flaring up. Um, is that? Have you been coming back from that injury specifically, or what has been the comeback over the last year or so? Nah, this one's like four years old, but yeah, just training pretty hard coming into this round, so um, takes a toll on the body. Um, but at the start of the year before Wani, we had a, a bit of an arm injury, broke my arm um, at the state titles, I believe. So I mean, it worked out well that I didn't end up racing there, but. For the rest of it, I've been uh, pretty good this year. Like, not, not really anything, just little niggles, but no, nah, we're feeling healthy, so. Oh, well, hey, congratulations on second overall here in the Easy Left MXW class, and um, we'll see you at Coolum. Thanks. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up in a minute. It's a bit of a short AMX Superstores Pro AMX radio show today because we just did the fundraiser to hopefully help Team Australia go over and dominate in France later in the year. But I'm joined by the man that holds it all down, my co-host at all these things, Donnell Official. Donnell. Big day, it's hot out here, track's amazing, MX1's about to go down, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think we've got a great track here for racing as we do every time we come to QMP like we did last year and it's provided great racing once again. That first MX2 motor, how good was that? The battle all the way through, the women's races both today were spectacular so I think we're in for a good one when Thor MX1 heads to the line. Yeah, I think the track, you know, this morning we all talked about it watching practice, it wasn't as wet as we was expecting but it's got ruts in and out of the turns but there's a lot of room for the riders to move around. It's making a big difference for passing and opportunities. Yeah, there's a lot of different lines that guys can take here, which uh, it does make the racing a lot better, you know. We're going to see a lot of passing opportunities, a lot of battles in this moto. So who have you got for the win for this one, Joe? Um, I'm honestly, after watching qualifying, I'm going to go with either Tanny or Beaton. I don't know who it's going to be. I think Ferris looks a tiny bit off right now, and he might rebound for the second moto. But for this opening moto, I think Tanny's going to be out front. He's going to sprint. And I think Beaton's going to be there down the stretch. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, this doesn't happen a lot, but I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a, a battle between Aaron and Jed uh, in this first moto. And as always, keep an eye on Gibbsy because he'll always be at the back. Gibbsy is always there. He's the veteran. He's strong. So that's our picks for moto one. I'm going to go my picks for the overall. I do feel that Ferris is going to rebound to get the overall win today after moto two. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think Jed's going to be consistent today and make it a perfect day. Take the shootout and go 1-1. Maybe with a battle with Tanny in, in these first couple of laps of this moto and we'll see how the day unfolds. All right, guys. Well, hey, this has been the AMX Superstores Primex Radio Show. I want to thank Primex for making this happen. I thank AMX Superstores for making this happen. And uh, obviously thank the uh, HRC Honda program for uh, letting us do this show in their hospitality area once again. And um, we'll be back in just a few minutes with Thor MX1 for the opening moto.